Welcome to Golf Better at Edwin Watts Golf, episode 162. Hello again, everyone. Tom Brassell here, and thanks so much for joining us. We say it every time if you're a first-time listener, a long-time subscriber, or somewhere in the middle. Either way, we're glad you're with us, and we're especially glad you're with us today because it's a wonderful guest who's making a comeback appearance. It's been about four years on the show. She's a holder of over 90 worldwide wins, 10 major championships, member of the World Golf Hall of Fame, and courtesy of our friends at Cutter and Buck. Who else? But joining us from down in Orlando, Florida, Miss Annika Sorensdam. Annika, thanks so much for carving out the time. We know you're busy, but it's always fun catching up with you. Well, thank you very much for having me on the show. Hey, first and foremost, before we get into any questions, how's Mike and the family? How's everybody doing? Oh, thanks for asking. Everybody's doing really well. It's, uh, you know, we've been busy on, on this end with little kids, trying to get them to all the little activities already. But, uh, you know, love being a mom and love seeing them growing up and enjoying this part of my life. Well, I'm sure everybody tells you this. Take lots of pictures and videos because it goes fast. I know. They all say that. It's amazing. Hey, Annika, I went back and listened when we hooked up about four years ago. And a question I didn't get the chance to ask you, but I always like to ask because it's so interesting. But how did you get your start? How did you fall in love with this great game of golf back in the day? Uh, My parents, um, they they loved the game. And, uh, you know, we lived less than five minutes from a golf course so uh you know they would take every opportunity to take uh you know take me to the course together with my younger sister Salada and and you know it was maybe not love at, at first sight I must say I thought it was a little slow maybe a little boring at the time because I was playing soccer competed in tennis and you know downhill skiing you name it so you know going to golf was like okay well that's this is what my parents do but uh you know, it was about the age of 12 when I really said, you know, now I want to start to play. And um, it was a late start, uh, but uh, certainly uh, got me hooked pretty quickly. And, uh, you know, I'm thankful for that. When you say late start, how, how late was it? Well, at the age of 12, I think nowadays, you know, that a lot of kids are, you know, three or four. And they break par when they're, you know, when they're 10 or 12. So, but uh, like I said, I mean, I, I tried all kinds of sports. And, uh, you know, when I was ready to play golf, it was that's what I really wanted to do. So, you know, I think it was helpful. And I also think that other sports compared me for golf. I mean, it's certainly about, you know, coordination and, and you know, um, practice and patience. And so I think, you know, looking back at my kind of development as a golfer, it certainly worked out. Well, now that you've retired for a, from competing, it seems like you're busier than ever here all over the place. I know. You know, with with your foundation, with the academy and everything else. But I wanted to just touch on a couple recent honors. First of all, the First Lady of Golf Award awarded to you by the PGA of America. That's special. Well, thank you. Yeah, it is it's very special. I remember getting the call from, you know, the president, uh, Ted Bishop. And, you know, there's so many incredible ladies out there that have done a lot for the game. So, you know, to be recognized in that in that category, you know, I was very flattered and you know, and it makes you really want to work harder and do more and impact, especially young kids, which is what I do with my foundation with our different initiatives. But, uh, no, it's been a, a tremendous, you know, last five years since I stepped away. And, you know, I appreciate, like I said, you know, the work that my team together, that what we do, and, uh, that you know, we're seeing some results and people are recognizing the hard work that, you know, we all put in together. Well, college golf was big for you at, at Arizona. I'm sure I wanted to ask you about how that 
how that helped you move on, but also now quite fitting the player of the year now wins the Annika award and you have the Annika invitational. Can you touch a little bit on that? Because that, that is, that that's wonderful. It is. And I mean, I was actually, I was approached by the Haskins uh, commission and uh, you know, they were telling me that all these, over 40 years they've been awarding, you know, a little award to the best collegiate male golfer. And then I start thinking, you know, through the college years, I never really saw an award for, you know, for the female golfer. So they said, well, hey, would you be interested in, in, you know, giving out an award to the best female collegiate golfer? I said, absolutely. I think it's time. You know, let's encourage them. Let's, you know, let's uh, support them and inspire them. So that's really how the idea came all about. So, you know, not just having an award, we said, well, let's put a tournament together. Let's put together the best collegiate tournament we can do in the, you know, in the central Florida area. And, uh, you know, it's really coming along well. We will have a tournament at the end of September. Now it's, you know, beginning of March. And we have, you know, top ten schools committed already. And and uh, for us, it's not just about the competition. We, we say it's more than golf because we want to do some educational components to it. Really prepare these young ladies for the next step in their lives. So for me, again, to get back to the game, this is a different level than some of the other initiatives where the little younger girls, I mean, now we have girls that are, well, maybe I should say young ladies are 18 to 22 and, you know, really prepare them for the next uh, step in, in their lives. And, you know, I'm honored to be able to put my name on this award because I remember, you know, college is not easy. You know, you're trying to you know, juggle schoolwork and golf and friends and other things that come with it. So really want to just make sure they stay focused on what they want to do and achieve their dreams. Well, it seems like internationally uh, more girls are going straight to straight to start turning professional, but... Uh, I've talked with Stacy Lewis. We had a chance to speak with her, and she said, "Boy, I'd, I'd go back to college now if they'd let me. I loved it. You know, it really prepares you." Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, it really does. I mean, for me, it was, of course, it was a big step uh, because I moved. You know, I came from Sweden, from Stockholm, and you know, I've been away through the national team and traveled as a team with a coach, but I've never really been away uh, that far. And. So I remember packing, you know, my suitcase. I had two suitcases in a golf bag, and, you know, my mom took me to the airport. And, you know, of course there were some tears, but I knew that, you know, I could always come back and and uh, I had something fun to really look forward to. So it's, it's a great, you know, uh, maturing process, it's, you know, getting to know yourself a little bit. And for me, you get to play against the best golfers at that age in the world, which it really is, and then combine uh, studies at the same time and learn the language and, experience a new culture. I mean, it was, I think it really was a big part of, you know, my career and the stepping stones that we look when you look back at somebody's life. And uh, what can I say? Here I am, what, 20-something years later. Um, I guess I liked it so much I stayed here. So, but yeah, no, I mean, it was really a fun process. And I think it's something that, you know, if you have the opportunity, you should really take the chance to do it because you might not get it again. You know, life goes by so quickly, as we know. And and, uh, you know, there's so many young girls I see that skip the college circus and because they want to, you know, turn professional. But, um, like, you know, like you've heard before, it is something special and something we all should enjoy if we have the opportunity. Annika Sorenstam joining us here on Golf Better, joining us from her home, her base of operations down in Lake Nona, Florida, just outside of, of Orlando. A little bit on the tour right now, the status of the tour, and, and your thoughts on the LPGA Tour right now, Annika. I know that Mike Wan has has really done a great job as commissioner. That seems to be the uh, resounding effect from everybody. Um, but your thoughts to now as compared to before? Um, I would 
would agree. I mean, uh, Mike Warren has done an excellent job. And, you know, Belfadier, you know, we had a, a few rough <laughs> uh, times there, with, obviously, with the financial meltdown in 2008 and then, you know, some of the, the top players leaving the game. And, and it was just a, a tough time. But, you know, Mike came in, there was a lot of knowledge, a lot of commitment to the players, listening to the players and, you know, trying to really build some of the bigger names out there. And, um, you know, it is become a global game and I know that's something that we always talk about when can we have more domestic tournaments well I mean we the ones that we have are very very solid we're adding a few to that but the growth of this game I mean in general, in general not to sell PGA I mean it is it's a global game we see it in China we see it in Korea we see it in a lot of places and hopefully with you know golf in the Olympics in 2016 in an area in South America and Rio, I mean, that is, I think it's going to just change a little bit how, you know, how and where we play. So, um, again, I think Mike has done a good job, and certainly the, the ladies on tour are, are playing some good golf, and I think last year was Indy Park winning, you know, the first three majors, so that was, you know, that was a big story and, and something, you know, another reason to follow the LPGA. So, you know, I'm looking forward to this season, you know, obviously seeing Paula Creamer win just recently, and and the young guns following her. So I think we're up for a good year. It's a lot of fun from what I hear. You know, the resounding effect of, of Mike Wan is that he's very sincere with the ladies. They trust him, and, and he's doing everything he can for them. And another thing I hear is if you want to have fun in your life, go out and play in a pro-am with the ladies. They say it's a blast. It is a blast. I mean, that's, uh, I think, a lot of, you know, golfers that maybe not have done that, I think they'd be very surprised. I mean, first of all, how accessible and friendly and, and nice that the ladies are. But then also, wow, can they play? I mean, these girls can hit it out there, you know, 250 and, and maybe even beyond. And, you know, the accuracy with irons and so forth. And, uh, I mean, I just hear a lot of positives how approachable these ladies are. And, I mean, it's really all about having fun and, and uh, on top of seeing some more class golf. Let me play a little word association with you. We did this with uh, with Jim Nance and with Mr. Venturi a couple of years ago. It's a lot of fun. I'll say a couple of words, and you tell me the first things that come to your mind, and it's going to be events or things that probably have happened to you or big steps in your life. Here's the first one. Your first major victory. Uh, well, certainly in 95, um, U.S. Open. I've dreamed about winning the U.S. Open as a little girl. Uh, first, it was tennis because I competed in tennis for many years. That's what I wanted to win, so... You know, I would, you know, I remember, I mean, it's pretty clearly how I stand in the putting green and have a three-footer and say, okay, here's Annika Sorensen, she's going to make this for, you know, to win the U.S. Open. So, yeah, that's what comes to my mind. The second one's easy. It's a number, 59. <laughs> it's not my age yet. Um, <laughs> or, <laughs> or my shoe size. But, uh, yeah, no, into um, March 16, 2001, second round of the standard register ping in Moon Valley, Phoenix. Um, just, you know, one of those dream rounds, what can I say? I've had the vision of shooting 54, which is 18 under par, and people look at me, and I said, I really think it's possible. So, yeah, I got off to a great start, eight birdies, and uh, the first uh, eight holes, and then uh, no eagles, just 13 birdies, and first woman to break, uh, break 60. Here's the next one. Fort Worth Colonial Country Club, I think it was 11 years ago. Yes, uh, feels like yesterday. Playing with the men for the. Uh, yeah, in 2003, I, you know, I was at a press conference in Orlando in, the, in January and asked if I wanted to play with the men. I was at the top of my game and I was looking for things to really motivate me and keep me going 
you know, at the pace where I was going, and I knew I had it in me, and, and I got the invite to, to go there at the Colonial, and uh, it was terrific. It was, you know, I talk about my career. That is, you know, one of the first things that I would mention, memories for a lifetime. And, and I read somewhere that I guess Babe Diedrichs and Zaharis did that way back in, what, 45 or so? She played with the men one time? You know, it's amazing because um, she, she was from, uh, from that area. And uh, somebody told me that the last time she was on a golf course was that particular golf course. And, uh, you know, she would kiss. You know, she was battling with cancer. And I guess she came out to the second green and kissed it goodbye, knowing that this was the last time she'd be on a golf course. And that was my last birdie. And when I heard that, it just gave me some goosebumps. Final one, World Golf Hall of Fame. Uh, very special. Um, Something that, you know, I still find hard to believe, you know, that being part of such an elite group of golfers, you know, especially thinking of the ones that you that I've admired growing up, role models of mine, and able to be part of that group, I feel very, very special and honored. And I think it just summarizes the career. It's not one win. It's not one, you know, achievement. It's, it's collectively. So I'm very proud of that. Annika, as you go back, as we close and look over your, your career and looking at the, the partners you've had, both professionally, personally, corporately, you've been very, very loyal, and one you've had for a long time is Cutter and Buck. Uh, they were responsible helping get you here today and get with us. Talk about Cutter and Buck and then maybe a little bit on the new line they have. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky. I've had some great partners, and for me, it's, it's all about long-term. I mean, it takes takes time to, to build partnership and but with Cutter and Buck, I mean, it was in 2000, and um, I was playing in the World um, Championship in Malaysia with my sister, and we needed a little team uniform, so we contacted them and got some clothes, and then uh, just got, a, got along really well with, with the whole team, and, and then we brainstormed about, how about an Annika collection? And, and I said, how about a collection that is for a little, you know, a younger group of ladies, you know, athletic, Obviously, very. we wanted to be still female, performance-driven, and uh, maybe a little bit of a European cut, so they would, you know, continue with their solid classic line and then add an Annika collection. Like I said, that was in 2000, so um, when we started those thoughts, and uh, this year we're celebrating 10 years of the Annika collection, and, you know, I'm very proud of what we have because women's apparel is, is a tough business, and it's been some... You know, a lot of companies have come and gone, but we have stayed in there. As a matter of fact, we've grown every year, and so now I really feel like we have a good fan base, And but obviously that is based on the quality of Cutter and Buck and, you know, my commitment to them. So um, very happy with that. Well, Annika, thanks so much for carving out the time. I know you are very, very busy. Final words for our listeners here today on Golf Better? I'm thankful for the game of golf, and I hope everybody gets a chance to play. Uh, the, win- the winter has been kind of tough around the areas, but uh, hopefully there's some spring in the near future. Go out and have some fun. As Jim Nance said, it's the greatest game there is, right? There is. I could only agree. Uh, thank you, Annika. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. Everyone's favorite. The first lady of golf, Miss Annika Sorenstam. That's, uh, that was wonderful and some great insight into her past and and, and some of the milestones in her life. Thanks so much, Annika, for joining us. And to our friends at Cutter and Buck for putting everything together. And to you, our listeners, for joining us today. And we'll do it again next time when we have another episode of Golf Better at edwinwattsgolf.com. So long, everyone.